Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing today? Ah, pretty good. Pretty good. That was a tough loss for the Oilers. That was a very tough loss for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, They lost 2-1 to to the Carolina Hurricanes in a game where they had 13 grade-A shots to 10 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Five alarm shots were pretty much even. So um, I reviewed them, Bruce, and I, uh, there was a couple that I, that I took off as five alarm shots for the Oilers. I, I have it in the end for fi- at 5-5. Five, five. You can have another look. Um, so okay. it, was, it was an even, really even game. Could have gone either way, and it went Carolina's way, which is a little disappointing. The Oilers um, looked like they might come back in this game, and uh, they, they faced four really tough games in a row here. And they won just, uh, they just won the one of them. The game where they absolutely got whipped in a lot of ways in in the flow of play against Florida. But Miko Koskinen stood on his head. Fortunately tonight, um, Freddie Anderson was the better goalie. Mike Smith ha- had a had a decent game. He was, he was okay, maybe even better than that. But um, Freddie Anderson was better. You know, they, they uh, so that's... That's hockey. That's how it goes. <coughs> yeah, Bruce, kind of funny how it goes. Uh, Smith played two games on the road trip and gave in six goals, and Costin played one game and gave in three. And you say, well, okay, they both were the same. But Smith managed to lose two games, and Costin managed to steal one, right? It's just weird how the games worked out. Yeah, the owners just couldn't get a bounce on the attack tonight. Um, they really couldn't, so... Um, they couldn't. It wasn't like Anderson was great either. I don't think he was. He was okay, but that Sevier one from behind the net where he bounced it off of his skate and it bounced right back out on the outside of the post. Nine times out of ten, that hits the goalie and goes in. You think so? That high? Oh, well, way more likely to to hit the goalie and go in than to not go in. Bounce off him and somehow miss the net. Anyway, he. Uh, Sevier did the right thing there, and he just didn't get the bounce. And I thought Oilers deserved one today. I would have been happy with one point out of this game. For sure. The Oilers are just in the middle of a really heated playoff battle here. You know, it's just very close still. Mm-hmm. At least they got the four games out of a row, uh, out of the way, and they're not, like, way behind everybody else. So uh, they're still in the thick of it. So that's the good news. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Bruce, we'll do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers. What's your good thing? My good thing is the way the Oilers hung in there in a game where not a lot was going their way, especially in the first period. Uh, when they had a, a goal disallowed, then Connor McDavid got smashed in the face with a stick and went off holding his jaw uh, and missed the whole rest of the period. Uh, the four-minute power play they got from that was totally just... It didn't work out, but they, McDavid came back is the key thing. He came back yeah. to start the second period. And from then till the end of the game, I thought the Oilers were the better team, and they won that part of the game, won nothing. But this has to go now on page, page one of the thick book titled Reasons Not to Fall Behind 2 nothing in the First Period. You know, so your good thing, is that... <laughs> good thing good is they thing. made a game of it. And they made a game of every game of this road trip. They played three very tough teams, and they were all one-goal games. 
And I thought there was, the results were kind of opposite to how the games were. I thought their their least impressive game in many ways was against Florida. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So my good thing is going to be uh, is Derek Ryan's goal. And um, he had made a couple of great plays before then. He broke up the ice with uh, Ryan McLeod, and McLeod gave him just a beauty little pass. And Ryan was kind of in on his own down the, at, a, at a bit of an angle, and, and he rang it off the post. Just a fantastic shot that um, the, that was delivered very rapidly as soon as he got the puck almost, and that and it beat Anderson, but it did not beat the post. Uh, he then gets a breakaway. Um, <coughs> excuse me, on the penalty kill, I believe, and and uh, almost scores. And then finally, his goal, which was just a fantastic play from beginning to end, where he blocks a shot. Mm-hmm. He gets semi-mugged center ice and, <laughs> and fights through that. And then right at the end, he makes just a real, like for a little guy, he made a total power forward move. Mm-hmm. Looks like he might have to settle for kind of an outside shot. Yeah. But he just bowled his way into the middle of the ice, but made a hard, hard uh, shift to the middle of the ice and was able to beat the goalie, get get good position on the goalie and beat the goalie that way. By um, you know, being able to shoot from the center of ice, your odds just go up so much when you're shooting. And and that was an unexpected move. I think no one was expecting him to do that. I think least of all the Carolina defensemen. But he just bowled in there, and got off a great shot. He's flying out there right now, playing um, you know, he's playing some really good hockey. He has been Bruce, according to our Grade A shots metrics. He's been playing good hockey for a couple months now, and um, it's continuing on. So. You know, the, a lot there's a lot of good things happening aside from the injuries uh, at forward for the Edmonton Oilers. They've got some a good group of forwards there now, and I don't see that you know major need honestly at forward. It's 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 uh, on defense and in goal that they're still having iffy problems. And I know Smith was second star in this game, and and I you gave him a six out of ten. I think that was a a fair mark. Someone you could even maybe argue for a seven out of ten. Um, but, um, you know, the second goal against was a little suspect. He, he was not suspect. It's just, he looked bad on it. Cause he, he lost his footing, pushing back to the mm-hmm. middle again. And, and it kind of raised, I think you raised it in our online discussion during the game, whether he's injured or not. He looks like he's still fighting through injury. And that looked exactly like something you'd expect from someone who's fighting through something because he, the first move was good. He went fast across and yeah. he tried to stop fast and go the other way. And he lost his footing and he turned sideways. So he wasn't even square to the to the shooter. And the shooter was Sebastian Aho blasting away from the slot. And he basically shot it right in the middle of the net, David. He didn't pick the corner at all. He just put it right in the middle of the net because Smith was just turned and he couldn't couldn't get back. So it's hard to sort of blame him, but at the same time, he didn't execute, you know. Nice to get a save there put it that way nice to get a save i mean carolina just on that play they just moved the puck around so well i mean that was that was the real problem on that that second goal both of their goals were were kind of major defensive issues uh popped up on both goals all right uh let's move on to your bad thing bruce well that kind of goes in with my bad thing and the tic-tac-toe execution will do that to you when the other team that's they did it twice uh, Carolina, they really they really moved that puck around, um, but th- that the first period was my bad thing, and I kind of kind of stepped into the beginning of this earlier. What what happened to McDavid and uh, uh, 
watching the whole end of the period with a lump in your throat, not knowing when you're going to, you know, how serious it might be. And I wonder if the same th- kind of thing happened to the team because they had the uh, the bad power play that I mentioned. They got outshot three to one during the four minute power play. Carolina had three shots, having to have one. And they were clearly discombobulated. Obviously, they needed McDavid at the time that they got the four-minute power play that he drew, but uh, McDavid was in the room. So, anyway, he came back, and uh, it was all fine after that. But they were outshot 16-8 in the first. They couldn't get the penalty kill at the end. They couldn't get the save on that penalty kill, if you will. And they uh, uh, ultimately wound up in that uh, 0-2. How that happened, hole again. Took a little longer. They were actually pretty good at first till McDavid went out. That really changed it. Yeah, not having him on the power play, that five-minute oh. power play, is was just really uh, adding a insult to injury, literally. Um, mm. Yeah, and the first goal against, I mean, both goals against were there was some suspect play. I mean, if, if, when you watch the replay of the first goal again, you, you'll see Zach Hyman up at the top of the screen and you think, oh, he's mm-hmm. just covering the defenseman up there, but there was no defenseman. <laughs> that defenseman had gone to the net and Hyman didn't go with him. Mm-hmm. So he, and then he didn't rotate over to cover the point man. McLeod was left to rush out there. So essentially the Oilers were playing, Hyman had taken himself out of the plays in the red light zone, not covering anyone and not covering off a passing lane. And they, they put it down. First, they put it down low and Bouchard's a little late getting there. Then they put it, you know, quickly back to the center of the slot and it's bam in the net. Yeah. And then the power play goal was just very, very quick and brilliant passing. There was four great passes and two, including two cross seam passes, mm-hmm. which will kill you, which will kill you. Two, one is bad enough, two. <laughs> so this is why we let Smith off the hook, right? Like he's got to go boom over to the one post, yeah. boom back to the post. And then he had to go to back to the middle of the net. So this was, it would have been a hell of a save if he had made it. But, well, uh, you let him would, off the hook. I, I docked him minus one for that. I, yeah, <laughs> I would have given him a seven if it hadn't been for that goal. Fair enough. So anyway, he, uh, it was it was tic-tac-toe. I called uh, in the grades Devon Shore piggy in the middle because yeah. they had. <laughs> threw him twice. They, they went right, put it right through his lane twice in a row and. Uh, he was just kind of spinning in there and he wound up getting neither pass nor in the shooting lane but it was great execution by caroline i mean let's credit where due i'm just happy to say it looked like there's two good teams on the ice today i was happy with that too bruce and and through this whole road trip you know aside from the florida game really where they won because of their goalie they've looked like a pretty good team they've had their moments um so i'm kind of torn on my bad thing there was brady shay's uh, play on McDavid where he knocked some of his teeth out. It was such a reckless, dirty play that, you know, he did get five minutes. Four I don't minutes. know. Four I don't minutes. know. Four minutes, excuse me. I don't know if he deserves more than that, like a, some kind of short he'll suspension. He'll get fined for that, is my bet. He'll get the NHL minimum, maximum fine tomorrow. Mac, McDavid goes past him, right? Okay, it's one thing to hack him on the shin pads or hack him on, you know, this stick or even hook him up, but to recklessly just kind of throw your stick at his face, that's, Bruce, it's an asshole move. That's that's what that was from Can't Brady argue. And, Can't argue. And, I mean, the, the, bear in mind, McDavid did not have the puck. He didn't yeah. have the puck. He's not allowed to do any of those things you just described. Least of all, hack him in the face. Twice. Like, twice he goes at him, right? Jeez. And it was I think it was the second time that was the, the, the blow that really did the injury. So it was just like, what are you doing? 
what is what is mm-hmm. wrong with you that you would make a play mm-hmm. like that? That's just you know, sorry, I just uh, I didn't like it in the least. You know, could have, and the fact that it was McDavid made me like it even less. So of course, because <sighs> he takes so much abuse, and I just. Uh, I just wish he had been kicked out of the game for intent to injure, something like that. That would have been a fit penalty there because it's just, what a jerk move. But anyway, that's not my bad thing. Uh, my bad thing, although that was bad. My bad thing is, like, the refs, um, Tyson Berry had a really rough call against him oh. where he was behind the net with the guy, and the guy's stick got caught in the in the net. And I think they both, one or the other, both of them had skated through the stick as it was caught between the player and the net that got hooked in the Oilers net mm-hmm. and it pops out of his hand and Barry gets called for holding a stick, which he didn't do. I mean, it, I guess if the Oilers had killed off the penalty and if the game hadn't been two, one, I might, it wouldn't have been my bad thing, but the Oilers didn't kill off the penalty. Well, that, that was, the, that was the deciding, wasn't it? That was the deciding goal. That was the power play goal. Yeah. That was the second goal. It was too many men penalty that led to the goal. Oh, it wasn't. They didn't get scored on then. No, they killed that one off. Oh, okay. But then they couldn't. Then they got another one right away after for too many uh, men. Ah, uh, okay, my that bad. Was, but but it was, a, it was a bad thing all the way. I mm. just, I mean, the refs will miss calls. I get that, but there was a, quite a few missed calls, including two offsides that were missed, obviously, and um, on on um, goals that were called back. Now, you think that Fogel might not have been offside? I'm, what I'm saying is the replay they showed on TV did not show anything conclusively, even though Jack said it's a no-brainer. Uh, as soon as he saw it, what he didn't see was the puck, because the puck was right on the near boards uh, where McDavid is crossing the line. The puck's a little bit out in front of McDavid. You can see that from the other view. And so you're looking at McDavid's stick, and, and Fogel skates just ahead of McDavid's stick, but... It's where the puck is that matters. If the puck proceeds Fogel into the zone, it's good. And there was no angle they showed on TV. Now, they do have them because on the other offside review in the in the uh, second period, same blue line, they showed the good angle that the league used. So presumably they had that, and it would have been just microscopically close. Well, so uh, was the other but, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I hate the rule, uh, offside challenge. You just take... Good goals off the off the board. I mean, trust your linesman ju- judgment. Let yeah, play. yeah. Instead of wasting our time with this crap. I would have rather this game been three to two and McDavid had scored that beautiful goal in the first minute. Yeah. You know, it was funny because when they when Carolina got their goal called back, that was the turning point of the game in terms of the Oilers starting to pour it on. Right, that that then the Oilers they got that break and it seemed to change their uh, their energy points. and they they came hard. Yeah, Carolina went got it going on after McDavid's goal there. Yeah, so I didn't like that call on Barry. It just, I don't know, it just drove, just why? Why are you doing that? But again, they make mistakes, but I still don't like it. Bruce, what's your number? Yeah, well, in the first period of this game, there was uh, um, eight minor penalties called, and then the last two periods combined, there was one penalty. And it was like the rules changed after the first period. They were calling all this ticky-tack, and then all of a sudden, it was Hudson Bay rules out there as the Oilers were trying to fight through all these checks. Anyway, uh, my number is got to do with the ice time of the Oilers forwards, and it is a little bit of a concern because this is, uh, of course, not just the second game of a back-to-back, but on Tuesday night, they'll play their third and four days, and these things add up. Uh, that's the ice time of the forwards, 
And in this game, Leon Dreisaitl, 28 minutes and 8 seconds. He played a ton. He didn't get a lot done. He didn't have a good game. The best thing he did in that game to me was nail Brady Shea. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but he, play, he played uh, that much. Uh, McDavid played 21-56, and he only played two minutes in the first period, so basically 10-10 and 10 in the second and third periods. Uh, we have uh, Zach Hyman, 26-39. That's just a massive amount of ice time for a forward, especially a grinder. That's, uh, you know, that's a huge night's uh, work. And 23-52 for Evander Kane. Again, that's a that's a big amount of ice time for, uh, for a power forward. He also didn't get a lot done. So anyway, that's a, that's a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of mileage on a relative handful of your of your top players, and then you're going to ask them to come back and play Tuesday night and a slightly lower profile game against a team that's struggling in the standings. Now, to me, there's your trap game. Yeah, and Puliyarvi's two weeks away from coming back. We don't know about Nugent Hopkins yet, do we? Nope. We don't. We have no idea. Yamamoto, we don't know, do we? Uh, they said short term for Yamamoto. So oh, they so think he might be back right away. I guess the implication for Nuge is longer term then, eh? That looked really bad. Well, they have, they're still waiting for the pitchers. I see. Fair enough. They do, they might not have that information to release. So, yeah, might be time to call up Dylan Holloway. I mean, I again, I haven't been watching the AHL, so I don't know um, exactly how he's doing down there, but they might need a, a burst of um, what he brings. Ryan McLeod has been playing quite well, though, I, I think. He, mm-hmm. I liked him in that. I liked how he looked in that game and. He does a lot What's of he, things, eh, Ryan McLeod? Yeah. He's kind yeah, of like Nuge when Nuge isn't there, right? So um, a lot of the time that the Oilers forwards had in that game was on the power play, which is which is not as heavy minutes, right? Like you you're tend to be um, standing around a bit more. So it's not like the hard grind. But um, like right. a lot of them were out there six minutes, more than six minutes on the power play, dry settle Hyman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but nonetheless, that is a lot of ice time. I agree with you. Bruce, my uh, number is just two defensemen uh, kept what I call a clean sheet. And that's at even strength. They weren't, we didn't dock them for making any major mistakes on grade A shots against. And one of them stood out to me as having quite a quite a decent game. I thought William Lagason was was really solid that game. I liked how he played. It was a very quiet game and a, and a steady game. Now, he was only out there for 10, 10 minutes, 10.21. So that's mm-hmm. not a lot of ice time. Uh, it would have been more impressive if he had gone 20 minutes without. Uh, yeah, I guess some defenseman Nurse did play 20 minutes at even strength. Mm-hmm. And Nurse only made one mistake, uh, one major mistake, according to our tally on a grade A uh, uh, shot against. The other one who kept a, a clean sheet was at even strength was Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. And he played 14 minutes at even strength. So good for him. Like he's playing tougher minutes and he was hanging in there. The, and this is what the Oilers will need. They'll, they're going to, if the orders are going to be making the playoffs, Tyson Berry's going to have to play the best two-way hockey of his career. He's perfectly positioned to do so. He's a veteran defenseman. He's got a good partner often in Darnell Nurse. Um, he's he should be ready to 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 just play his the best hockey of his life. And I think you know after a rough start to the season, he generally has been playing fairly well at even strength. And um, uh, that was that was good even strength work tonight from Barry um, that I saw. 
Yeah, well, I didn't get burned on any major plays. I mean, the, the numbers that um, on ice numbers are a little alarming in terms of where the puck was when he was out there. Six to 17 in shot attempts, two to seven in shots, zero to seven in scoring chances, their version, but zero to one in high danger chances. And that's what we track is the, the ones that are apt to be goals. So he managed to keep the play to the outside. But yeah. the, the play was... Uh, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of offense going on when Barry was out there, and that's kind of what you want from Barry. You kind of want a little bit game. of, yeah. You want a little bit of both. Uh, oh. Generally speaking, he's got a, you know, he, um, yeah, he is an offensive player, and it would have been nice if he could have uh, done a bit more out there. Um, nonetheless, I like that, and I really like Logason's game. Again, he only didn't play that much, but mm-hmm. he was he was solid. It's an interesting time for him. Like he is getting this opportunity. There's a real battle going on here, I think, between him and Nimalainen. Um, to see when when Duncan Keith does get back. I mean, if Duncan Keith gets back again, you know, he's he's got a couple injuries going, right? Concussion problem, whatever. What what drove him out in December, Bruce? Do you recall what injury was? What got him out in December? Sorry, it, which? Yeah, uh, Duncan Keith. Oh, Keith. Uh, he yeah, he just did something to his lower body they never said what it was oh, okay. uh, just an innocuous play at the blue line and he just turned the wrong way and he he was done he went off to the bench and he was out for three weeks or something two and a half weeks just when <sighs> all the other guys were down remember nurse had just broken his finger just before that like it really couldn't happen yeah. at a, much of a worse yeah. time yeah and keith was playing better too so we'll see it's uh it's an interesting team. It's a frust- It's been a frustrating year, honestly, uh, up and down year. And um, tonight's game was was that personified. There was so many frustrating moments between the refs and and you know McDavid's goal call back and their yeah, inability to score on score more than one goal on thirteen grade A shots. I mean, you should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should probably have how many goals? Four goals. You know, that's a, that that could easily be a four-goal game for the Oilers, but they just were unable to cash in. Three at least, eh? If you're putting in one and four. Oh, excuse me, three. It's interesting, Bruce. You gave so Drysaddle a you gave Drysaddle a four tonight out of ten, mm-hmm. and I would have given him a like. It was funny. I think you felt I didn't give Drysaddle a high enough mark yesterday for yesterday's mm-hmm. game, and I don't. And I, I would have given him a higher mark today. I yeah. thought he. I thought his offense was. There were some defensive mistakes, mm-hmm. but. I, he made some really nice offensive. He was in the middle of some of the best offensive plays for the Oilers. So I liked his game a little bit more than that. But, you know, he did make those defensive errors. So so yeah. there's that. So. Yeah, well, the first period, I, I docked Hyman the same way. And I thought Hyman was really good in the second and third periods. But he'd done damage in the first period. He'd, he'd uh, made mistakes on both goals. And he'd, uh, uh, you know, made a small error that turned into the penalty, you know. And there's also his mistakes on the penalty, on the penalty kill, right? He, mm-hmm. he, I don't know if he's a penalty killer. Like, I, I love him in the when it's three on five, he's excellent. But on the, the four on three, I'm still not convinced. But uh, they didn't have much choice tonight. You're missing Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins, right? Two of your regular right. penalty kill guys. So you got to put someone up there, and, and he's a good, he's as good a choice as any. He's a better choice than most. All right. So Tuesday night, who are they playing, Bruce? Uh, they're in. Aren't Philly next time? I was so focused on these three games against the three uh, the three tough teams. It's Philly and then Chicago this week, Tuesday, yeah, Thursday, Philly. and then they're home on Saturday. And it's every other day again for for a while. Oh, are they still on the road in Philadelphia? Yep. Yeah, this is a five-game road trip. 
or in my point of view, it's a 10-game road trip because the previous five games, they made two one-day stops in Edmonton and twice they've been on the road the entire time. It's just a brutal stretch. So, so they got two games, Philadelphia and Chicago here. Mm-hmm. So this could be Carter Hart and Marc-Andre Fleury. Absolutely. And, uh, man, I, I hear you. Like, these are... These are kind of must-win games against weaker teams. Yeah, well, you want, I'm glad they had to win one of these games, I thought. One of the They lost all the three in, in Florida after already losing at home to Minnesota. Yeah. Then they're, you know, that five-game win streak that they bounced that they got when Woodcroft took over would have been evaporated. As it is, it's down to six and three, but it's still, you know, they're gaining ground on the league over Woodcroft's time, and they just have to build on it, and they have to, just not make any mistakes at this point. They got to beat the teams they uh, should beat. Indeed. And if they play as well as they did today, I like their chances against most teams. Really, McDavid has looked good. Um, he looks like he's really flying. It looks like he's got his legs under him. So um, we'll see how that goes. I wonder if there will be a call up. Try to inject some life. Yeah. Well, Brad Malone's out there, right? <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna do it. That ain't gonna do it. He's a great AHL player, right? Like he's a great mentor mm-hmm. player at the AHL level, but we've seen him at the NHL level and and they uh, want him to kill penalties and do some of the, you know, uh bottom end maybe. jobs of the nuge. I don't know. Yeah, if take some face offs. Maybe you're right, Bruce. Maybe that's who it's gonna be. Because I don't think as, as do you know if Holloway's been playing center? Uh I think he's been on the wing. As far, yeah. as, as far as I know. They probably don't want to risk his wrist. Uh, well, I bet you 100% he's not taking any face-offs. I mean, yeah. why would he? In the games that I watched, I don't remember him taking draws. He was just... He looks like Taylor Hall out there, number four, playing left wing. And and he has so a similar, similar skating stance. So it's, it's quite striking when you see him like in dynamic action. Chest up. But down, mm. low to the ice, his legs yeah. flying out to the side. Yeah, very powerful skater. You gotta love love to see that. Yeah, anybody who skates like Taylor Hall is okay on my team. Yeah. Alrighty, let's leave it there, Bruce. Uh, the game grades are already posted. Well, I'll send you this yeah. code right away. All right. Yeah, we've done we've done it backwards this time. I actually did the grades first, and we're doing the podcast later. And I would like to just say hello to my friend Franklin Lodi in Carolina. Long-time Edmontonian who uh, who attended the game today, got to, got out to see the game, and he watches the podcasts and uh, enjoy. Here's to you, Franklin. Even is, is he a Canes fan? Did you say? Or... Oh no, he's an Oilers fan. He's an Oilers he's, fan. Uh, he's an octogenarian who's retired to South Carolina. Ah, very so nice. He's very nice. Connected with the Science Center and the Planetarium right from the beginning. So. Oh. Very good man, Franklin. All right. Thanks for talking today, Bruce. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.